In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Joseph Lieberman about how to deal with unhappy customers. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 104. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pileski, and I'm here today with Joseph Lieberman. Joseph is a director of marketing at Antline Audio, where he focuses on growing the company for brand awareness and earned media. I asked Joseph on the show today to talk about how to deal with unhappy customers. So, hey, Joseph, how are you doing today? Doing great. I'm a happy customer currently. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have you on the show. This is one of those topics that I love chatting about, and not many people, not many people talk about this side of e-commerce. And I feel like it, it's one of those things as even the owner of the business or anyone in customer service, you, you spend a ton of your time um, dealing with like the 1% of users that are unhappy. Um, most orders, you know, going out, things just work great, hopefully. Um, but those orders that don't cause this like eruption in time and everything. So how do you deal with this? Or what do you, you know, what are some best practices for this? So the, to be clear, to be clear, you know, as the marketing person in our company, uh, I, I view customer service as a very different thing than say maybe the customer service manager at our company who's in the trenches as it were, like he's the one, uh, you know, emailing and talking to these people constantly and, and that kind of thing. Um, so when it comes to the marketing side, my approach of dealing with might be a little different than, than the expectation of, you know, I need to send this guy an email. I need to, you know, get his shipping info. I need to figure out what the problem is, you know, those kinds of things. I'm thinking about more of the, the big scheme of things. What is going on here? right? What has caused somebody to be upset and what systems can we fix that will prevent this from happening again? So on the one hand, unhappy customers are bad, but on the other hand, unhappy customers are good. And so I actually kind of want to talk about, if I may, that second part, which is how can unhappy customers be good? So rather than sort of get bogged down in the details of like, how do you fix a problem, I guess. Yeah, I like that. I feel like some of the some of the unhappy customers, they're the ones that kind of push you further along to put like push you to do better, for lack of a better uh, term there, where you, you have you have to get better at dealing with certain issues. And over time, you know, every time you set up one of these systems, it makes you in the long run better as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. The not only not only creating a system to to fix a problem, but the fact that a new uh, problem, like a new unhappy customer, from the marketing perspective, is an opportunity for a story, right? And in marketing and marketing your business, you're always driven by these stories. How do you resolve somebody's problem is a great story to tell. And it is a great story for them to tell. So not only do you get better by building out these systems, but you can use the individual issue as a springboard for promotion if you handle it right and that's the key right and that's why when we talk about customer service is this massive time sink this one guy ate up an entire day of my work you know if you look at it from that perspective it's really easy just be like it's just not worth it just you know have them return the unit whatever it is have them send it back and uh we'll just keep selling to the people who are happy right 
And I think a lot of businesses fall into that trap because it is so morale breaking to deal with problems, right? It's a big time sink. It points out flaws in your systems. It points out flaws in your product. Uh, it's, you know, unhappy people are generally angry and grumpy and they're just unpleasant to deal with. And so it's easier just to write them off. At Antlion, uh, since I came on board, one of the things we've adopted are a bunch of strategies to really turn that around. Uh, not to say that we had that mentality before, but to say beyond just fixing people's issues, how can we turn somebody who is unhappy into somebody who is actually going to go out of their way to talk about us? And it's so much easier to do that than it is to take somebody who's initially happy and make them talk about you. And that's the most fascinating thing that I've learned here. Oh, is, okay. Yeah, I've never heard this one. Yeah. So imagine this scenario. Just I'm just going to make up a scenario. But customer A, he purchases something, he gets it in the mail, works great. Okay? <laughs> he got exactly what he wanted, right? Customer B gets the product, there's a problem with it. Let's just say it's defective, right out of the box, lemon unit. Happens in electronics, happens probably in everything. Uh, he's mad. He makes a post about it on Reddit. Now, he doesn't go out of his way to contact us. He's just mad, right? Uh, we've got a, a tool, as an example of a thing we use, which is a, we use a company, Brand24, but there are many like it. Uh, it's a, a basically a scraping tool that monitors people mentioning us. We check every single thing that somebody says about us. So we spot this on Reddit. Now, I reach out directly. This is something I do as part of my marketing job. I reach out directly to this customer and say, hey, I saw that you posted this thing. I'll even do it on Reddit publicly. I'm so sorry you have a problem. Let's figure out how to fix it and make it better for you. Now, it seems like a really small, innocuous thing, right? But first of all, if it's a public forum like Reddit, other people see that response. You start to get known in your circles and you know, of Reddit and other public places. Like, hey, this, you know, I've had other people, for instance, on Reddit they'll see a complaint and they'll tag me in it before the brand 24 scraping tool gets to it, right? As an example. So you build up that reputation, but also now a customer is dealing not just with some flunky that they had to reach out to. You, they've been proactively reached out to by the company, right? And that is an experience you don't forget as a customer. Now you fix their problem, you get them working perfectly, and the next thing you, you know, they're out there talking about the great experience they had. I have people apologize publicly about what they said about us, you know, fairly regularly, you know, as a company that sells tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of microphones. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we get so many complaints that we are constantly having to, you know, put out fires, but I am saying that when problems arise, um, more times than not, we walk away with a customer who is happier having dealt with us than they were or might have been if they just got a working product, which is really oxymoronic in a lot of ways. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot because the customers that are happy, you tend not, you tend to write a review or you tend to go above and beyond only if you're surprisingly unhappy or somehow surprisingly positive, which is probably more difficult to do, right? You order a microphone and there's not many other, like they get the microphone. So like they can't get that much of a, unless you're gonna send them like three of them which you're probably not going to do. Sometimes it's hard no. to pleasantly surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to just like pleasantly surprise people in that. But when yeah. they're pleasant, when they're un unhappy, 
that's when you get the reviews. So the reviews are always skewed, I feel like, in the negative direction. It's always a fight. I mean, every e-commerce company is always a fight to get positive reviews, right? It's always, you're always begging for change out there with your, you know, your, your hat. Yep. Yeah, and it's one of those things where a lot of the things that go wrong aren't even your fault. There's a lot of times, maybe it's a manufacturer, you're selling their product who's defective. Maybe it was just defective, right? We like, get, we get, you know, we'll get one-star reviews because you, USPS lost their package, right? Yeah. Completely outside our control. Yeah, like, I've, I've had that happen. I get, before. I get that. That makes you mad, right? And uh, it is, uh, you know, I certainly would validate your feelings as a customer. Like, hey, I'm totally sorry this happened, but you know, it's it's frustrating as a company to to be dinged for things that you did everything right, and still you're getting that one star. I've had that happen before, where their UPS driver backed into the box and crushed it and they gave a one-star review and i said how do you, how do you feel like this was my fault like i get it i'm gonna i'll make this right but you know one-star review it feels that's a little aggressive um maybe you should review you know ups with one star and not you know not my e-commerce site so i've definitely had that happen before and i know how it fails so so that it does bring up the other side right which is a lot of times you don't get to somebody quick enough and they've already left a review how do you get them to edit it, you know? And that's, again, where this, you know, I mean, what's the ratio I, off the top of your head? What do you think the ratio is of people who buy something to leave a review, right? How many sales do you have to get to get one review? I'm guessing it's probably way worse than 1%. Um, something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I, I was actually just asking. But, yeah, no, I but everybody listening probably can do some quick, you know, napkin math and, and figure it out for themselves. It's probably 1% or less. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which means getting somebody to change the review is literally worth a hundred or more sales. Right. And that's the mentality you have to have going into this idea of customer service as marketing. Right. Yes, it's going to take you all day, but what is 100 sales worth to you, right? And so when it comes to finding this person um, in the wild, as it were, right, the problem with something like Amazon is getting in touch with them is very difficult, potentially. Um, you know, you can send them an email. But when you're connecting with somebody on Reddit or um, we have actually a live chat, right, uh, it's worth asking the question, after you've solved the problem, hey, just out of curiosity, did you write any negative reviews? It's okay to ask this thing because, you know, and then explain your position. Look, as a small company, as a consumer, you know, as a customer focused company, you know, this is our livelihood. Uh, and, you know, if, if you could change your review, it would be a great help to us. And you just be honest and open and, and human. Usually, if they've left a bad review and are in direct contact with you, you can fix that. If you just send blind emails to them, even after you fixed it, maybe sometimes, but uh, way less often than than you can get out of taking that extra time, that soul crushing extra time where you could be doing something better. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I think the closer you are to the customer, the more likely they are to um, positively respond to that. Right? Like I've done it before, even on the phone. Um, and I remember there was. Yep. There was one guy that I forget what happened. And he left a, I think it was like a one out of five. He left, it was like a one or two star review and spent like hours dealing with this issue. And he said, all right, out of five stars, I'll upgrade you to a four. I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> he wasn't willing to go the full five. And I think we'd like a hundred percent like solved every issue, but he's like, still, I want to be accurate. I'll give you four. I'm like, okay, that sounds fair. Um, so you, it took, and it took a lot. Like you said, it took like 
hours of work to go from that two-star to that four-star review. Uh, and he literally put like edited and had a whole story. It was this long block of text, uh, but it was very nice of him, right? Because then he, now he went out of his way. He didn't have to do that, right? Like at that point, because that's the thing. It, now that you solve their problem, they don't need to, they really don't need to go back. They got what they wanted at this point and you're just hoping and asking nicely. Hopefully, you know, it's not begging at that point, but it's just nicely asking kind of, hey, if we were able to solve your problem, it would be great if you could go do this. And like you said, small company and it really matters to us. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate from my experiences as well. You know, yeah, you're not always going to be able to turn a one into a five, but even a one into a four is such a massive change uh, on, you know, uh, for, you know, what, what is a, you know, what, what do your products have? You know, how many reviews, you know, we, we sold a quarter million mics or so. And, uh, some of our products have a hundred reviews only, you know, some of the, like the newer one, the one I'm wearing right now, right. Is yeah, we have about 150 reviews, I think on Amazon. So like one change of a one to a four is actually a pretty significant change as a percent. We could do that 10 times it might actually increase our you know our 4.0 to a 4.2 or something well other thing you don't realize too is the people looking at the reviews sometimes i've had it before where um we're selling into it was someone was buying quite a few units like you know like 100 plus units and they were looking at the reviews and they brought up this review from like years before that someone that randomly just bought it like this is like very short little, and it was like a one-star review and like three-word review, and they were buying like hundreds of units, and they're like, yeah, how about that review? I'm like, how did you find, like, it's on page like 12, like, how did you dig through every review and find that one? And just like, and they want to talk about that guy, and like, on the phone, I want to know what happened. So it's amazing how far people will dig, and how much those reviews really matter. Um, and it, it's, it's like shocking when you realize people are reading through all of these, big customers usually. Yeah, and that's and I think at at its soul, that's why um, unhappy customers are what I would call more valuable than a happy customer, right? Individually, they are way more important. And you know, to just keep hammering at home, yeah, man, it is the worst to have to deal with them. Like, no doubt, nobody wants to deal with an unhappy customer. Uh, but they are worth so much more than an individual happy customer that it's. Uh, it's just it's easier to turn a frown upside down, I guess, <laughs> than it is to than it is to make somebody smiling grin. Yep, like a Cheshire cat. <laughs> well, how do you actually? What are some ways to actually make them happy? Because at that point, um, I've been in situations before where somebody needed something for a particular date, right? Like it, um, they overnighted something. They needed it for Friday, and it came damaged by the, um, the shipping company, right? So, like at that point. What do you, how do you, how do you turn that front upside down? Like, what do you, what are even the mechanisms to try oh, to Oh man, yeah. So there are a lot of different types of problems. I think one of the things, one of these sort of systems and tools uh, we talked about at the very beginning is to really understand what types of problems you'll commonly encounter, right? And have a plan on for dealing with them, like that you can go to. Uh, you know, if you're a small company, you can just, you know, like just a couple of people, then you can just wing it. Uh, as you get to be a larger company, of course, you, you can't just be like, yeah, sure, I'll send you whatever, you know, I'll send that priority international. It'll cost $400, you know, to, to Serbia. Uh, you know, so you need, you need to have a plan as to, you know, what is it, what is it worth and what are the likely issues 
that you're going to encounter, right? So uh, a shipping issue, as an example, like uh, some sort of hard deadline shipping issue. Well, first of all, if you've already missed the deadline, you're screwed. Like as a, a there's nothing you can do to make it up to that customer, right? You can do the best you can. Um, you know, try to understand their plights and try to explain, you know, to the best of your ability that, um, I, I'll, I'll say this, it's always your fault. UPS runs it over, runs over your package. It's your fault, right? Maybe not your responsibility to, to fix, uh, or rather, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me, let me phrase it like this. It wasn't my fault is never a valid answer to an upset customer, right? It's not what they want to hear, and it doesn't help them in any way. Yeah, it's usually the fastest way to make someone more upset. They say it's, not, right. it's somehow putting the fault on. You should, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Like or, Shaggy says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never want – that's like literally if you want to make someone more upset, say exactly that because that's how to right. do it. So the approach has to be uh, in a situation where you can't fix anything. I'm real sorry this happened. I'd like to make it up to you. What can I do? You know, put the ball in their court. Um, just like most negotiations, you tend to be surprised at what people will ask for. Usually it's less than you'd offer. So I'm always a fan of just asking what it is they want. Not only do you do you then get to fulfill exactly what they want, but usually it's it's less than you'd even be done to begin with. Um you know, so that's that's probably the hardest scenario, though, is a, a situation you simply can't fix, right? You've missed the deadline, the wedding has happened. What are you going to do? They're, they're not going to have another wedding, <laughs> you know. Uh, the more common things are like, you know, hey, it arrived, damaged, broken, uh, the quality wasn't what I was expecting, or this or that or the other thing. Um, you know, sometimes it's. Sometimes it's a situation where you can't resolve it also in those situations, right? Uh, hey, you know, this thing was uh, was not what I was expecting. I can't change that, you know, necessarily. What, you know, But you can be like, hey, tell me what you were expecting. What can we do in the future to, to deliver that product to you? What is missing here? You know, so one, there's a learning opportunity there. Um, and two, really, generally speaking, people just want somebody to talk to, right? They just want to tell people what they think. Um, and again, usually if you can get to them before they write that review, you will prevent a negative review, right? You might not get a review, they'll just return it. Um, and you can ask them for that. Hey, you know, uh, it's, you have to be a little bit diplomatic about it, but, uh, you know, say at the end of the day, you're basically saying, hey, please don't review our product um, based on this. I'm sorry, you didn't, you know, there was a miscommunication and we'll do what we can to fix it. And sometimes that might actually include changing the page, right, to be, to communicate better. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you missed a detail, you know, be willing to accept that, hey, maybe I messed up. Maybe the description wasn't accurate enough and th that confused this person and possibly other people, right? So there, there again, we have that system that we can fix, uh, which is in this case, a description, I don't know. I guess be creative. I guess is is the um, the long story short here is is don't don't just send people canned responses. Yeah, I think the canned response is also probably one of those ways. If you want to quickly piss someone off, you can uh, you can like like sense the canned response. They usually is like longer, and they kind of have information that doesn't really have to do with anything. 
And that's just not how people communicate. And you know when you're getting a canned response. And it's almost yeah. like they're like, like just like pushing you off. And you're like, all right. I, I, it is not a good experience to ever receive a canned response. Like, yeah. There are situations where it makes sense where like, uh, you know, you are, you, there's just some sort of common thing that needs to be automated. Yeah, we, rece right? we received your order. Great, canned response. Right. We here's received your, your order. Here's your is tracking it, number. It's yeah. Your order shipped. Here's your tracking uh, number. I expect even, a canned even, response. Even the canned response of, hey, we received your support ticket. Yeah. Like, that's fine, right? I, you know, it explains how long it'll take for a real person to get back to you. That's good. But if the, you know, canned, we received your support ticket email is followed by another canned response, which is followed by another canned response, you know, like, because, you know, in the back end of a lot of these customer service things, you know, somebody sends it in, somebody looks at it, and they select the canned response, and they, they click send, right? They're, and that's that's the entirety of their interaction. Uh, my advice is to avoid that whenever possible. Hmm. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned getting to the users before they're writing the review, like before they're on Reddit, before they're doing all that. What are some ways that you actually find, like, how do you spot them faster, right? Because a lot of times you don't know there was a problem unless you reach out to every single user. Um, and most don't respond. Hopefully the ones that have the issue do. But then what are some ways to actually get that um, before they erupt and kind of go nuclear? So, yeah. So what I mentioned earlier, uh, any tool to scrape your product or brand, um, especially if you're making a unique product like, uh, you know, ours is we scrape the term mod mic and every possible variation, somebody could spell it, right? It's our product name. You know, if they're saying that, it's almost certainly about us. Not always uh, negative, <laughs> not usually negative, in fact. But, uh, you know, that's one example. Uh, so a scraping tool, absolutely invaluable to us. The other side of it is, so that lets you lets you see basically the entirety of the internet almost uh, in terms of uh, people, people talking. The other, of course, social media directly. Um, obviously, anybody tagging you, anybody, um, you know, just keeping your eye on that. Um, it's one of those tasks that's, once a day, twice a day, you know, beginning a day, end of day, that kind of thing. Uh, just double check social media for anything new. Uh, you don't want somebody stewing overnight, for instance, on their problem. Uh, the third way is give the customers ample ways to reach out to you. So not just support ticket uh, opening, but we have, I mentioned earlier, we have something called Discord. For those who are not gamers out there, Discord is a primarily gamer-centric platform, but it's basically just a live chat room, right? It's staffed by a mixture of actual Antlion employees and a couple of uh, volunteer moderators. And it gives somewhere, someone to go almost 24 hours a day, basically, and get a response from somebody, Right before they get to the review, before they get to the support ticket, a lot of times uh, when we advertise it very heavily, go here, say what's up, and you can get live help. You know, I am there pretty much 24-7, you know, as long as I'm awake anyway. Uh, you know, I have it on my phone. I'll answer people's support tickets from bed, basically. You know, like, hey, somebody's got a problem. This is not something that waits. You know, you, you, you reply. And sometimes that reply is simply, hey, it's 10 p.m. and I'm currently in bed, but I will get to you tomorrow morning. That is a wonderful reply, by the way. Yeah, so this is a live, so I've never actually, I've, I'm familiar with Discord, but I've never heard of it used in this way. It's essentially, you're just going to be at this point, a live chat room where all your customers can see each other as well. Like this That's is, right. That's, it, the, that's the danger of it. If you do it yeah. and you screw it up, everybody gets to see it. 
This is a but scary also, idea. All right, I like it. You build an actual community around your business and product, right? So our chat has 3,000, 4,000 people in it. Um, most of them are not currently chatting. You know, usually there's a handful of people talking about, I don't know, uh, esports or whatever it is that's on their mind at the moment. Um, and then we have, you know, we have a separate room for support, right? Which gets about one message a day, frankly. Um, but yeah, it's all public and anybody can jump in with their opinions, but it also, it's, it allows your community to help each other. It allows your business to be transparent. Uh, it's super risky. Don't get me wrong. Like if you can't staff it, if you can't keep that commitment up, don't do it. Uh, cause it'll just make you look bad. And it'll give people a place to go. Like, it'll become the exact opposite of what you want. It'll become an echo chamber for negativity. You cannot allow that. But it's this was our solution, right? Was We have the staff to do it. We can make this a positive environment. And it totally works. 100% works. People are constantly coming into our, our chat and saying that it was a, a wonderful experience. Like, you know, they don't use those words. They just, they're just very appreciative. But, the, you know, the gist of it is, that uh, they love the ability to go in and talk to the director of marketing. And, you know, we were talking just before this started about audio stuff. People have audio problems totally unrelated to our product, right? Like, hey, I, there's a problem with my headphones. I'll just be like, well, let me, let me, let me tell you about my opinions on how to fix this. You know, like, um, it's just a great place for us to grow our brand reputation and turn those unhappy customers into people who literally hang out in our community and promote our products for us. Yeah. So it's almost like you have your own private, I mean, you mentioned Reddit earlier. It's almost like your own private subreddit about you that you guys not control, but kind of moderate. I guess. You actually have a subreddit about our oh, okay. products, hey. although it is pretty small, but, uh, uh, which is not also not controlled by us. Yeah. Um, but it, it sounds like this discord, it's, Interesting, because then people can just randomly. So you're telling people, hey, you have a problem with support. You can write a ticket. You can call this phone number or you can jump into our live group chat right here and just see what's going on. And they can basically just watch other support tickets in real time at that. I know. Yep. That is yeah, a, they get to see the whole move. system. Works. Um, yeah, it's, I'm not saying this is, a, this is a, the next thing or the thing that anybody listening should do, <laughs> but basically having as many ways to get in touch as possible and making them really visible. That Discord link, if you go to our website, it's right on the top of the page. It's always on every, the top of every single page. We're actually going to be doing a, a site redesign here next month, and it's going to move to a, a sticky, a larger sticky icon on the bottom right. Um, you know, normally where that support ticket goes, instead of, you know, instead of pushing people towards writing a bland email to the bland CS team, uh, we want to get them involved actively into the community uh, because the response time's quicker. Because usually, like I said, usually, even if it's not us, somebody will reply, right? There are 4,000 people there. Somebody's going to gonna be glanced, glanced down and say, oh, hey, I know, I know what your problem is. Or uh, even just, hey, you know, the staff doesn't seem to be online right now, but, you know, usually they ask for a recording, so please put a recording in. So... Yeah, what I've kind of noticed about support is everyone everyone requesting support has their own kind of way they want to, right? Like some people want to talk on the phone where other people try their hardest to never talk on a phone. And then some people 
love live chat. Like everyone has their own thing they want and you kind of just need to be a little bit of everywhere. Not because you're trying to like, like you're trying to decide, but just because you want to be where the customers want you to be. Um, and some people, like I know with myself, I live chat's just not my thing. I either want to go email and go fully asynchronous or phone and fully synchronous. Everything that's like in between is just like, like social media and live chat. I just, I'm not into. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. See, I, yeah, see? Exactly. I take live chat anytime I can. And here's why. The best thing about live chat is I can write a message, go to another tab, do a little bit of work and come back to that message. And it's usually much faster than say sending an email, which might take 24 hours to get a reply. Right. Um, and way less interruptive than making a phone call and sitting on hold or something, or, you know, God knows what, um, it's usually quicker for me and allows me to just continue my workflow. So that's why I like chat as an example. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Everyone. So even on this, even on this with the two of us, we're completely different. Um, and completely different. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those yeah, things. As, as a company, you gotta, you gotta be willing to, to embrace every possible strategy to get to that customer before they get to the review button. Yeah. Well, and some people, we had someone the other day, um, I think it was on Twitter at reply say, you didn't answer your phone. Like <laughs> it was like, like after business hours and like, they just called, didn't get an answer. And the way they want to tell us that is on Twitter. Um, and like, Oh, okay. I guess that's how we'll, I guess that's how this person is communicating with us. And you, like you said, this, we have a tool here to monitor social media and that kind of just popped up and said, Oh wow, there's someone trying to call us right now, apparently on this and Twitter is the way we found out. So it's just, it's always interesting. And this is before they sent an email, before they did anything else. Twitter was yeah. literally the first thing they had. Um, yeah. And in, in the marketing world, I often, I often, sometimes, often, sometimes, uh, yeah, we're going to say that I said that I often sometimes tweet to somebody to let them know that I'm sending them an email. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel, I feel real guilty every time I have to do that. But I know some people that, use Twitter very often and use email very infrequently. And I only do it when I know it's going to be somebody like that. Right. And usually I try to do it via DM as opposed to <laughs> tweeting at, but, uh, still, yeah, it's, it feels weird, right? Like, Hey, heads up, there's an email coming your way. Don't <laughs> neglect it. Yeah. It was kind of like when, uh, you know, in the 1990s, when you emailed someone, you've been followed up with a phone call to be like, Hey, I just emailed you check your email. Yeah. And yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. Those, those are good Not days. Fun. <laughs> yeah so I, I like that yeah i like that concept of having a live chat that's something i've i've seen obviously the one-on-one -on -one live chat um that's quite common but having that kind of group community because i feel like a lot of people try to do this community thing of having like a um for example a lot of folks have like facebook communities and they're if you're large enough they're okay but very quickly i see it kind of turns into this like ghost town where it's just like you know one or two people at the company posting random um marketing messages and nobody it's not really a community it's just no yeah nobody's actually interacting with it yeah. yeah it's totally true i fully recommend anybody dropping by our discord to see how we do it if you're interested um it's totally open and yeah yeah it's it's i think i think we do a good example of of how you can use it so feel free to join our community awesome uh, well, just I, to learn i think i'm gonna put a link to that in the show notes so people can uh check that out so well i think that's super helpful i'm gonna uh link to link to you guys in the show notes and definitely put a link to the uh, chat room. People can come in there and just say hi to you, I guess. So that's pretty awesome. Anything else you kind of, any links we should leave? Any um, places people can find you? 
Well, we're available at antlionaudio.com. If you need, you know, microphones, uh, that's what we do. Uh, you've been listening to our product, the, a wireless microphone, actually, this whole time. So uh, if you believe that you can't get good quality audio out of a wireless mic, uh, we're here to tell you that's not true. You can. But uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say. That's my self-promotion. No, I, I love when people plug their own products. And if people are watching the video, they can check it out. It's this cool little, um, I don't Yes, I don't know how to describe it. Right there. On the video, you can see it. So That's the sound of it leaving its its post and coming back. <laughs> yeah, it is, I've never seen it before, and he did it for the first time when we were talking before the show, and it was pretty neat. So they should uh, people should definitely check out at least the video of this and see what you just did. It's pretty cool. So thank you very much for uh, coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me.